Well, we're back to another episode of the Pig Wrestling Podcast. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is powered by our wonderful sponsor, Sync Cloud, and it's available in the cloud. Where's it available, Paul? <laughs> the cloud I'm learning, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor to name, but a few and on our Pig Wrestling Podcast blog. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is based on a book by Pete Lindsay and Mark Bowden. It's a simple way to solve any problem and create change you need. Who got this with them, Paul? Uh, we've got with us today, we've got David Somerville. Um, David is experienced ecosystem manager for Barclays and he's got vast interest, vast history of working in the financial services industry. Well, 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 well just let him say hello to him yet. Afternoon, afternoon, David. I was feeling a bit left out there, but yeah, afternoon. David, to be fair, he always pulls me up about that. I go racing, don't I? Better, I? I better just check this with him. Um, He's done a little bit of research in the background on you. Oh, um, yeah. Not too much, though, because being a man of the finance sector, there's not that much out on the interweb on you, is there? Um, there's not. No, so some of, this not might not, some, some yeah. of this might not even be real. So it might not, might not even be right. So we'll find out. So go on, fire away. Right, here we go. Um, David has been working um, with Barclays um, for the last 13 years. Um, he graduated from York College. And just a little bit about Barclays. In 1966, there was the first real credit card issued in the UK. It was Barclay Card, branded under the Visa logo. A year later, Scottish inventor Shepard Bowen created the first ATM. Where did you nick this from? What? Where did you nick that from? I can't tell you. Right. Wikipedia is a wonderful thing. Isn't is, yeah. it? is this true, though? Because he's mentioning yeah, it in yeah, Barclays. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, but the most important um, statistic today is David is an Arsenal fan. Absolute Arsenal fan. For my sins, I might add, for the last couple of seasons. So, so just to find out a bit more about you know the man behind you know the, the official title. What's the official title? So my, my role, I'm an ecosystem manager for Barclays Eagle Labs. I like it. And I thought um, explaining what IT support was difficult. So, tell tell us more before we get into that role. Um, we want to learn a bit more about you know the man behind um, that title. So, you know, grew up from York. Um, yeah. And just gives a bit, you know, that, you know, a bit of a background from the banking. You know, what what was you up to the last thirteen years? Yeah, so I started in the bank as a, a personal advisor, um, so helping customers with their personal needs, um, and just sort of went through the um, the, the ranks at the bank, um, you know, um, career choices and, and where to sort of pivot myself. And you know, one thing I'm really passionate about is helping people. Um, people person, I, I'm quite a lonely soul. If I'm not around people, um, I find it. I mean, I'm at my best um, when I'm around people, when I'm talking to people, when I'm having conversations. Um, one thing I uh, love doing is finding out about people because um, everyone's different and you learn a lot from people. Uh, and you learn also some of your own character traits from people. So for me, um, yeah, real people person, love chatting away, probably don't shut up at times. Um, I quite often get told to wind my neck in because I'm carrying on talking too much, which I'm doing now, actually. So well, there you go. To be fair, we had, we had a... I can see... Uh, where you're coming from because before we came on air I think we had a podcast before we came on air having a good chat and we could have carried on talking for quite a while and then we we had to stop to do the podcast uh, yeah I think um I mean the main, the main thing today because we've, we've just pulled him in blind on this haven't we yeah. um you know, we, we've seen each other on the business circuit so to speak and on yeah, the, yeah. The, the wonderful hull um we clocked ties yeah we, we, yeah, we locked yeah. ties and the relationship started and that's it it's gone from strength <laughs> to strength isn't it and i think paul you've got competition that's all i'm gonna say um but i think what's interesting is um you're over at the c4di aren't you yeah um 
And for people who don't know what C4DI is, um, do you want to tell them yeah, about C4DI that? C4DI is a Centre for Digital Innovation. Um, so they've recently partnered with us at Barclays for Eagle Labs. Um, so we're there um, to support the network at C4DI. Um, C4DI is there to help their traditional businesses innovate um, and tech companies grow. And I, I think C4DI is a, a great project for the town. And I don't know if I got this right, but I, I, I got told this. I don't know where I got told this from. So I don't know if I've dreamt this and I'm making this up. But um, C4DI like, was put there. So people developing apps in there, these whole host of different companies. Um, and this is for you, Paul. Um, so you was out the fishing industry, weren't you? Yes. Right, back, back in the day. Back in the day. And what I was told was um, C4DI and this whole new tech sector in Hull was, was founded so that that could be the new industries um, in our region. Um, so like fishing once was, um, we build apps, we're going to build technology, and um, it's got one. It's got the fastest internet in the country in there, is it? Yeah, KCOM's uh, the fastest in the country, isn't it? Yeah, statistically, I think uh, it's if it was its own country by rights, uh, Hull or the Humber, it'd actually be the fastest internet connectivity in Europe, I'm, so I believe, yeah. And look at that, look yeah. out for a stat. Um, and, yeah. and I think, for me, that's what I, th- I find really interesting about the old C4DI and this whole tech startup industry around here. Um, and obviously, me getting into te- technology quite late with this company, but there's just so much happening in our region, isn't there? And, and what's interesting for outsiders um, who don't know about Hull and don't know about the you know the eco-culture you know, around here, um, there's just some amazing things happening. So try, try and give us some examples of what goes on in um, C4DI and, and some sort of projects you're involved in. Yeah, I think uh, C4DI is a great example of how um, the you know you, an ecosystem is built, um, and it started you know four or five years ago now um, you know as a beta, uh, and all of a sudden it's grown into this amazing sort of tech center of excellence uh, up in the north, um, and you know there's lots of different industry verticals within C4DI, and probably one of the main ones is IoT, so Internet of Things connectivity. Um, and how a lot of the companies there are working with, you know, larger organisations to help disrupt uh, and, and innovate to help them, you know, pivot and uh, adopt, adapt to a digi- you know, digital transformation journey. So um, there's just, there's lots of amazing things that go on there, and uh, you know, C4DI has been amazing for um, the the economy here at Hull. You know, that you, you only need to look at the bridge that's been built, uh, which is connecting uh, people at the other side of the A63. Um, which will please, t- you know, lots of people. One for traffic, yeah, uh, yeah. and two, obviously, for ease of getting across. Um, and you know, with uh, Wykeland and you know the, the fruit market, and um, you know the whole sort of regeneration of the of the dock, as it were. Um, it, it's fantastic to see, and you know, you've probably seen that. Uh, obviously, being based here over at the the business centre, you can. Y- it's out. Uh, it's your viewpoint, isn't it? Yeah, we we moved for that, that whole reason. Um, and I, I will add, we are um, Barclay um, customers ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I think Cloud. Um, um, but what what I mentioned, we was over at um, Melton, so that this company was founded in two thousand and three, um, and Melton just wasn't right for us as a business, and we was thinking we need to be connected with more businesses, um, more central located, and for us moving to, to here has been amazing. You know the resource we've got over there. I'm always over at C4. Day. I see you quite often, don't I? You do, for yeah. different meetings and the different things I do. And um, Moodbeamer over there, a big fan of Moodbeamer, aren't we? Yeah, um, we are. And that that's a good example of a business that was. Founded and, and set up, and it and it uses that ecosystem to do what it's doing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the 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 the, the, the beam product itself is a, a fantastic example of how all the businesses, uh, or uh, you know, a good majority of the businesses at C4DI have collaborated on that uh, product. 
um, you know, so they got it to a, a minimum viable product and now it's uh, out in the marketplace and it just shows a fantastic collaboration effort. Did you know that, Paul? Did you know that? Of course I did. Oh, I, just to I, didn't, I didn't. So we, we've got, we got um, our pig wrestling um, Ten Commandments for you. Um, so I don't know about these yet, so we're going to you know, sort of chuck shall them I, out there. Shall I move on? You, you hit him move on, go on. Right then. What are one of three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life, David? It's a good question. Um, I think ones that influenced my life, I, oh, if I could take myself way back to 35 years ago when I was at school, uh, I'm talking when I was five at school, um, you, uh, you might remember this, guys, you might not. There was a book called Reggie, Roger Redat and uh, some, you know, all different colours were associated with different characters. Uh, and I just remember they were the start of my reading journey. Uh, and it's just that it's something I always talk about when I'm trying to sort of have a bit of nostalgia um, with people my age uh, and you know a lot of people sort of recall that and remember it and it's quite a good conversation start so as much as a, it's a basic reading and it's not something I pick up now to educate myself but certainly from a youngster that was something that got me you know engaged into reading and the, you know, the colour association um, you know just made it more fun to learn I guess um, yeah and a, and a bit on that because we were talking a little bit off air because I like to always ask that question about books because um, I've I didn't really start reading until um, you know, four or five years ago. Really, I, I've always struggled um, with being dyslexic, um, but once I found a, a style the way I could read and I could remember things, kind of a mind map, books have just changed my life instantly. Where you know ideas, um, but outside that, it's not just books. Because um, we were speaking off there, um, I suppose that question we might change this question in some ways. Um, you must learn. And like learning, we already spoke about podcasts mm. and different things. So, what do you do for learning and getting keep yourself young? Because if you're in your role, um, there's always something fresh to learn. So, what, what's yeah, your sort of medium a, of learning? It's a good question because I'm not a massive book reader now. You know, obviously, I've read books and uh, I'm completely literate. I just I like to point that out. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think for me, uh, the learning's changing. You know, there's so much open resource and so much data that we can consume as it uh, as human beings, and the you know the webs are facilitated that. So you know, one of my one of the most favourite destinations for me is Wikipedia. Um, you know, and you can sort of trust you know quite a lot of the content, or there's certainly truth in some of it. Um, obviously, you can't believe everything you read, um, but then for me, mo um, you know, looking at YouTube, for example. Um, is a great f way of learning. I'm a massive petrol head, love cars, always have done. Um, I've owned some absolute shocking boy racer vehicles over the years. Um, I'm not a boy racer now. Well, I want to dig you out on this then. What we, me and Steve, uh, and they were having a conversation on this. Uh, so come on, give, give us some examples. Uh, my first car was a Citroen AX GT. Nice. Had a 1.4 twin choke, put a cane and air filter on it, big, big boy exhaust. It's an absolute weapon. Oh, I but the neighbours love you. Oh, they absolutely love me. I remember putting it on and grinning like a, I just won the lottery when I heard that 1.4-litre <laughs> engine roar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I've had many cars over the years, and I've had some good ones as well. And uh, I've got a, a nice Audi Cabriolet now, which is great for the summer, um, not so great in the winter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, enjoy it. I, I'm going to go next. Go on, then. I like this one. Um what is your feel-good song or music that gets you focused and makes you happy? It's probably a song by uh, a, an artist, a hip-hop artist called Big Boy, uh, and it's called All Right, and it's a real sort of feel-good, feel you know, 
just inspiration the the beat lifts you up you'll have to check it out we'll check it out it's uh, it, for me if i'm you know if i want to get energized in the morning or if i'm excited to go to an event or something i'll i'll stick that on me uh, on me um you know ear pods and uh, blast it out and uh, yeah pretend i'm in a hip hop video and yeah. paul you know what we need to do what i've, I've had an yeah. idea why don't we write a pig wrestling playlist. Yeah, we could. We could. We? I think we need it. We could, I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we, we need, we'll need start today. Yeah, that's what we'll start. We'll start we'll it today. Right. You like this question, don't you? I like this one. Yeah. What purchase of fifty pound or less has most positive, positively, <laughs> impacted your life in the last six months? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. The clogs are ticking. I, I think, think for me, yeah, but there's so many things I spend money on, but um, uh, you know, for £50 or less, I'd probably have to say something like my Amazon Alexa because you know, before when you're at home, you have to get your phone out to put on the playlist and play it through your portable speaker or your Sonos or your SoundDock or whatever you own at home. So having uh, the Alexa was, um, I got one in the sale at Amazon a couple of Christmases ago. So it was the, it wasn't the the small, you know, Alexa Echo, whatever it's called. It was the, uh, or the Echo Dot. It was a larger one. Um, and I think I paid like forty nine ninety nine for it. And it's a, yeah, it's good because you can just tell it what you want to play. Tell it to turn turn the volume down, turn it up. Uh, obviously, you can order um, from the commerce site on Amazon as well for products, households, consumables, etc. So, and I, th- I think these um, these voice controlled devices, because I've got something that in my house, it's been revolutionary. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know. What's it doing in the gym? Well, will you tell me, Paul. <laughs> me, me and Leon go in his shed of pain in the morning at six o'clock. Okay. Doing weights, right? right. When he gets up, it's our new, it's our new thing. When trying to get, trying to get in shape. You're El- looking, you're looking El- buff, like El- yeah. healthy body, healthy man. That's the right. Yeah. And it's absolutely Baltic in there, really cold. Anyway, he bought one of these. Um, is it Google? Google Home, but Google I, Google Home. And he, it it puts his radiator on forty five minutes before we get there, so the shed's nice and toasty when we get it. Now that's yeah. that's technology. It's best, especially at six o'clock in the morning. But I've going back. I've got a Sonus. Uh, me and my wife got it bought for us for our twenty fifth wedding anniversary in August. He's still not playing. Congratulations. Because I don't know. I'm waiting waiting for a guy who owns a tech firm to come and sort it out for me. Like your your Wi-Fi you just got. He just just built himself a... a, What have you built? Office come bar. It's an office during a week and a bar at a weekend. (laughs) Because back to the point on learning where we was going about the pace of change. Um, What have you just... You just qualified as a... um, NVQ and teaching you're doing, you're doing mental health first aid training. Yep. And what's been really interesting, um, we've given Paul some space here to, you know, to help him out while he's re-educated himself. Yeah. And um, we were having this conversation, weren't we? Um, you've done it all through tech, haven't you? Yeah. And, and, and what, what's, that, what's that been like? Educational, i say the least. Um, I, I was frightened to death of computers. I was frightened to death of technology. Anytime anybody said anything to me, um, I, I used to say, I'm no good at tech. I can't do tech. But I've just done a, a full teaching course. I've just done presentations. I've done, um, I've designed teaching courses all on tech. And six months ago, I, 
Couldn't spell my name on tech. And that's where, that's, and that's where for me, I think it's, it's amazing, isn't it? What, yeah. what yeah, technology massively. can do. Technology is there to aid and support people. It's not uh, probably a misconception. There's people that aren't that tech savvy or focused think that tech's going to take over the world and we're all going to become, you know, there's going to be Terminators taking over the planet. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's no, I'm, I've not got any lens to say that's not going to happen, but I doubt it very much. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it, for me, it's how technology can assist people um, from health tech to right through to you know tech in agriculture uh, and how it can you know ai can predict uh, future patterns and and support you know people um, within the business journey and you know a lot of traditional businesses um you know need to innovate to, to you know because you don't want to be the next company that hasn't sort of looked at a lens for the future and you well, know just, just, look, at, just yeah. look at bot buster um, yeah. one of the biggest companies in the world um, failed to recognise, you know, the old love film and Netflix coming along, and overnight they was wiped out, weren't they? You know, same as Kodak with Instagram, you know. And yeah, absolutely. I think and look at Woolworths as well. You know, yeah. the, the, you know, there's lots of, you know, businesses that have failed probably because they haven't you know, thought about the innovation process, and that can be something as simple as, you know, having a web page. <laughs> when when um, using technology as a tool, and I, like I say, I've been fighting the technology for ages, but I think. Was that a smoke screen of maybe ignorance and not wanting to learn because I was comfortable in doing what I was doing? It might have been, I don't do tech art. It, maybe it's a bit of laziness and not wanting to learn because you're comfy doing, you'd sooner somebody else do it for you, maybe. And But over Christmas, I was trying to design a brochure and we used tech, didn't we? Um, I rang Leon and I said, I need, I need to design a brochure. I want to design a... I knew what I wanted to design in my head. But I, couldn't, I didn't actually know how to do it. Mm. So I rang him, so he FaceTimed me back, didn't we, using technology again? I was, I was with the kids at, um, where, where was I? I was at Williams Den. Fantastic. So at Williams Den, he's got, he was at Doncaster Racecourse doing your, uh, what was he doing? He was getting tested, weren't you? Mental health first aid tutor course, yeah. So he's doing his tutor course on the, on the Monday, and he rings me, and he's like, Leon, I've got to do this thing, and... and is what he wanted me. He wanted me to do it for him. That's what he wanted. Right. But I thought, there's no growth in that, is there? He's slacking. got to learn. He's slacking, yeah. right? So I said, no worries. I'll sort it. We'll fix it, won't we? So yeah. I sent him a YouTube video. I said, watch that. Watch this. And I said, you need to do it. And you did it, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's my point about YouTube. You can learn anything on it. You can learn oh. how to, you know, you know I, I had um, a, a carpet cleaning product a few weeks ago and I was like, I don't know how to use it. And you watch YouTube and people give you tips and advice and it's like, and that's, you know, that's you know, te technology, isn't it? It's uh, connecting people to uh, other learning channels that, you know, we didn't have 20 years ago. Well, four years months ago. ago when I got mid-redundant, um, I didn't know any of this. And what I've learned over the last four months is you don't have to be the cleverest person in the world. You just need to know where to look. And... Uh, that's what these have shown me. You, um, you you need to know where to look, and once you find what you're looking for, it's quite easy to pick it up. But you just need to know what to look for. But I think an interesting stat I was listening to as well because people there's a lot of talk about digital innovation. There's a lot of talk about you know the way the world you know is the world moving too fast. That's a great question to always ask. And it's quite interesting. I was listening um, to a guy who I, who I follow the other day, and he was mentioning about. Um, We've always had change, haven't we? You know, just look when, you know, Henry Ford, is it Model T was the first one, I think, yeah, wasn't yeah, it, right? Yeah. Uh, when that Model first T, came yeah. out, yeah, Model T. So it's a hot rods now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when that first came out, you know, overnight, blacksmiths, um, there's an industry lost there, weren't they? Mm -hmm. um, and you think of all the industries that was lost, you know, saddle makers and everything around, and then you got your mechanics, off it went. Now we're at that next pier now, aren't we, where, you know, 
I've, I've got an electric vehicle at the minute, um, and what there's nothing in it to fix or service. It's, it's getting in at the minute because it's been repaired. So I've got a um, an Audi at the minute, a petrol car again. Mm. Um, but just what got me thinking, cause I'm back filling it up with petrol and doing all this stuff. Just the resources that car takes, the, the petrol car compared mm. to my other car. You know, it's my car cost me ten pound a week to run it. I went to London and back for fourteen pound on it. You know, mm. in my mm. electric car, I've got this RS buddy five thing at the minute and it's re- using 10 pound a day in petrol it's just it's yeah, ridiculous i agree and it's a you know as a petrol head myself obviously i'm super passionate about cars i always have been but i also understand the uh, impact we need to help to support our carbon footprint and the environment and electric vehicles clearly the way forward um you know and you know and also from a cost perspective people are going to like you say save on petrol save well, on diesel. yeah and it's like i'm a massive petrol head a huge petrol head you know my cars go back with Fiesta RS Turbos, Escort RS Turbos. You know, I love cars, you know. You know, anything that has an engine with a turbo, uh, uh, motorbikes, anything. So I think there's always a place for that. But the flip side of it is it's just not... I, mean, I went to London, I was on some training courses with, with the business um, and went on some courses. I was there on... I um, went on Sunday night and I was there all day Monday. And to drive there and back, it cost £14. The car drove 80% of itself there. Wow. With AI, you know, yeah. it drives itself autonomous. It was comfortable. It was all cool. And then the best bit, um, what, to charge it, I charged it next to Tower Bridge. Um, it cost me, I think it was twelve quid to charge it, and I got free parking while I was charging it mm. at Tower Bridge. So we got to go for sightseeing for forty minutes while it fully charged before we went home. No congestion charge, no nothing. Whizzing around the central London for fourteen pound. Amazing. I worked out the train costs. If we'd gone on train, just normal not normal train, one sixty each for return tickets. So that's what's that, three hundred and twenty quid. Um and just didn't have the scope of what we had doing that. So I think for me, technology does disrupt things. But the flip side of it though, so we could sit there, couldn't we, and say, Oh, well, we're gonna lose all these jobs and we're all scared of it, right? All of a sudden, you know, one of the biggest industries at the minute, you've got your cyber security, there's massive one in that, but there's loads of other jobs that are spinning up that people aren't even seeing yet. Like, for example, the podcast editor. There's a, how many people have podcasts now? Mm, there's nice. people doing podcasts, business need podcasts, it's content, um, we're doing it. So there's, there's production, video video editing, and mm. um, there's more video, video you know, YouTube we're talking about. So there's a lot of new industries, you know, like you had your trades, your carpenters, your joiners. The digital industry now has got a lot of, trades mm. um and these trades that we you know what we hadn't even thought about yet you know your code is not the yeah, next gen and i think we're always gonna have change but i'm just interested in your thoughts on change because um companies really struggle with with change don't they david yeah i mean it's change is a thing that people you know str- probably struggle they probably struggle with change because they're used to you know traditional methods uh, and I guess it, this is where the advancement of technology and um, and, and idea, ideation and ideas come from. That you know, the, it's how do we convince someone that change is a good thing? And I guess that's that we're proving from an efficiency perspective, from a, an environmental impact, from um, a cost. You know, all these different sort of associations that, are, that, that change is good for um, is something that businesses uh, and traditional businesses um, you know see as an opportunity. So I think that's why tech has evolved so much over the last sort of five years, um, five and five plus years. But certainly, you know, if you look at what you can do now on a smartphone, uh, you know, over the last five years alone tells you um, how, you know, it's, it's quite exciting to see where technology will take us in the next sort of 10 years, looking at things like um, 
5G, you know, connected cities, um, smart cities, you know, they're calling them. And, uh, you know, I was actually in a, a phone shop a few weeks ago getting a new phone for my wife. And uh, my internet at home is um, about 50 megs per second, you know, which is not bad. But in Hull, obviously, I'm, I'm not from Hull, I live in York, so... Uh, obviously, if I was on Hull, I'd be getting much quicker uh, internet connectivity with KCOM. But um, you know, looking at um, looking at the um, the internet in York, I was then sat in the shop, and I did a speed test on the 4G that I had in the city centre. I was getting 110 megs per second, which was which is insane from a 4G connection. is actually faster than my home connection that's a full broadband setup. So you know, that just made me realise that actually, from a connectivity perspective. You know, this, the, the new, these 5G cities that are coming, these smart cities and, you know, the advancement within how we're connecting um, businesses, it's going to be a massive impact, I think, you know. And I think, and I think this is, you know, we're on that new wave, aren't we, at the moment, you know. Um, we had the industrial revolution with cogs and pulleys, didn't we? Um, and we've got the technology revolution now, which is your APIs are the cogs and pulleys of the, of the, of the industrial age. But... More importantly, like you've just picked up there, connectivity is key in it, you know, because mm. once we become connected cities, like you, Paul, the work you've been doing, you know, you wouldn't realise what you was doing, you know, you think was possible. No. Um, but you've been able to train yourself in a whole new area to go do something you want to do and, and love doing, and that's only available through technology, so I think it's amazing. Um, so to jump in, question four, you can jump on. Yep, right now. Do you have a lesson from a failure of yours? Yeah, it's probably quite a, an easy question to answer that. It's probably a similar answer a lot of people give. But for me, a lesson from failure is learning from it, you know, um, because yeah. sometimes when I was younger, if I fail at something, I try and look at blaming someone else or not accepting responsibility or finding a, a, an excuse to why I failed. But actually, sometimes actually looking at why you failed and taking ownership of why you failed then helps you, you know, obviously develop uh, and, and, and pivot and change direction and make sure you don't do that again. And listen, everyone fails at, 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 in life, don't they? We all have our ups and downs. Uh, and failure doesn't have to be a failure at work or a failure in the sp you know, field of sports or a failure uh, as a partner, for example. It's, you know, everyone perceives failure as um, very different from the next person. Some people take things, obviously, on to heart, don't they, as well? Uh, and it's all different personalities, have different coping mechanisms. But for me, I think, um, you know, from, from failure, um, I just learn from it, you know, and, and try to do better. Uh, and the older I've got, you know, I'm f you know, 40 now, and 20-year-old uh, me compared to 40-year-old me is a completely different person. You know, uh, you know. I, I believe myself, I, I wanted to change industries for about the last three years, four years. And I probably did blame everybody else for me not doing it. Um, I can't do this because of this. And I think a year ago, I wanted to change industries, but I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. So I was I was busy doing nothing. I was trying to develop myself, but not really getting anywhere. Mm. And I blamed everybody else but myself mm. until I decided what I wanted to do, then going for it. Yeah, you owned it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I owned yeah. it as well, yeah. So, you know, if you if you can't rely on others, if you want to be successful, you've got to do it yourself. Yeah. You can have others to support you, and you can support others, absolutely. 
but you make it's what you make it, isn't it? Yeah. I think you've hit the nail right on the head there. 100%. 100%. And, and I think we was, we were talking a little bit off air, weren't we? Because we, sh- we share a passion in terms of being real and raw, don't we? The work of the man club, and we always talk about, you know, we're always going through these different storms. And I think for me, you've... <laughs> If you're not failing, you can't. There's no growth in not failing. You've got to. You, you know, I think failure's a process. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it isn't. A, I, I had this actually this morning. I don't know where this is coming from today. Um, I forget the guy's name. Someone help me on this. Um, the guy who invented penicillin. Uh, what's he called? Um, we'll find out in a minute. Is it Percy. Uh, it might be. No, uh, no, I'm looking for me. Looking up for me, Paul. But what what was said on that? Um, the way he discovered that 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 strand of um, you know mold. Was actually from a failure. Yeah. Um, it was complete accident um, that that got discovered. Yeah. And if he hadn't failed and he hadn't questioned why he failed and not understood it, yeah. he wouldn't have discovered, you know, the first antibiotic, which is incredible. Who was it? Alexander Fleming. That's it. That's he, it. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. I mean, it's just. But we're not conditioned about that in school, are we? About we're no. not taught that failure is good. We're not taught in business that failure is good. You know. It, how, how can you innovate if you've not failed? I, you know, I, I don't get it. Um, so what can we do to get people to embrace failure more? I think it's to learn that it's, it, can't, it shouldn't affect you. You know, you need to just underst- you keep positive. You know, keep uh, it's a kind expression, but you know, you know, rise above it and, uh, and 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 focus on something and stick to it and don't let anything get in your way. Um, you know, you talk about you know failure as well. I think just to go back to an actual product, you look at I think is it WD forty. I think that was that's called WD forty. If my knowledge is right, that you know it was what this Bella number one, and it took him forty attempts. So that's how he came up with the name WD forty. So he failed thirty nine times before he got the formula right. So you know. I like that. I like that one. You're meant to be a statistician out of us two. You haven't got none this week, Paul. None. What? Because I didn't know about WD forty. <laughs> or the guy who invented penicillin. I see up for that one. I found it out for you. No, I I just like that. Um, obviously, in my previous life, I was I was a production manager for twenty five years, and I used to encourage my staff to make decisions, make mistakes, because, like you say, um, if you've never made a mistake, you've never made a decision, mm. and you'll never grow. And I used to always try and embrace that and bring my staff to do that. If if they made a mistake, then we'd work out what the mistake was and we'd grow from it and uh, make each other better. Mm. But I'd, I, I didn't want my staff to be frightened of ever making a decision and ever making a wrong decision because, like you at the nail on the head, mm. it's how we all learn. I think that's what's good about social media nowadays. I mean, obviously, social media has also got its threats, um, which, you know, we won't go into discussion now, but it's... Um, I think with social media, it's how you can learn. And, and obviously, pe- people can connect with people they'd never had thought of connecting with 20, 30 years ago. Things like Instagram, where you can connect and, you know, see stars doing live videos and you know, even c- communicate with them if you're fortunate enough for them to reply. And uh, But then a lot of that is, for the especially the young generation, they want to learn from people that they see as role models, don't they? And some role models obviously get it wrong. Um, but then there's a lot of motivational stuff out there on the web. Uh, and, you know... Some of it's a bit cheesy and cliche, isn't it? But then quite, you know, every now and then you watch one and you think, that's really valid, really relevant, you know, and you, you learn from it, don't you? So and I think, interesting, you mentioned the old, the old social media, good or bad thing, and this is what we, we always talk on this, don't we, Paul, in terms yeah. of, I, I believe um, you need pe- the right people, the right process, and the right technology. And mm. I think technology is moving fast, but 
Paul, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think the way we we solve the problem is by you know we've got a new form of technology that's not being legislated properly. You no, know, in terms of you know Zuckerberg getting pulled up in front of you know Congress, didn't we? Mm. Um, but it's a full new product that's been developed. It's a full new. We, we've never had these problems before. What mm. we're having, um, but I think it's solvable by us. You know about. And our curriculum, why are we educated what social media is? And I think we're starting to do it now, mm. but why are we educated about the pitfalls of it? And um, I just don't think we're educated enough from it. And mm. it's too easy to say that, you know, I'm a parent, you know, you're a parent, you know, um, our kids need to understand the, the yeah. goods and the bads. Because I, I would say for every bad, there's a good and there's just an is, right? And mm. I, I think social media is a fantastic tool. So the, the work we do with a man club, if we didn't have social media, there'd be no and his man club. And we had six six guys turn up this Monday alone. That's from connectivity, the power yep. of connectivity, right? Um, what I love about the man club, um, when I sit down on Monday night, I've met some of the most interesting people I've ever met. I've had some of the most interesting conversations I've ever had. I've learned some things that I never thought I'd ever learn. Mm. And I've also had some pretty awful stuff as well. Um, but together, we're stronger, I believe. And... I would never be in them circles if it wasn't for social media. I'd just be in my own little bubble thinking that the way the world was is because the way my dad taught me or their parents mm. taught me. I'd be in this incubator. So for me, I'm massively passionate about um, being connected, but it takes us, you know, as humans, to take responsibility and accountability of what that is. It's a bit like alcohol, isn't it? You know? um, social media's been proven that it gives you a dopamine effect. You mm. know, something like alcohol. We wouldn't open our, um, you know, our fridges with all our, you know, liquor cabinet. So our kids would we? We yeah. put, put locks on it. We keep it out of the way. But with social media um, and tech, we're just not. It's, it's not. It's no one's problem. So how do how do we fix it? Come on, Paul. You were thinking. <laughs> well, I'll, I um, promote Andy's Man Club's page, um, and when I took over. The social media side of it was a fifteen hundred um, people on our Facebook page. We've got over eight thousand now, and I got driven by that, but it it suckered me in, and I was spending too much time on social media, driving the Andy's Man Club page, and it got to a point where I had to make a decision to come off, and. I restrict myself um, per day to X amount of time I can spend on social media because I do believe it's a fantastic tool, but it can drag you in. Can we, can we just correct that? Um, who restricted the self? Right. I restricted myself. You did it. So what, right. what happened was, well, it's quite interesting. So we're go he's going to the page. I'm noticing he's on his phone all the time. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a big thing where I like to go off grid and manage it. And you'll probably know this, but... Um, through, through your Apple devices that you can limit your screen time and you can lock it all down mm -hmm. um, and I have mine locked down because I, I believe we get sucked in don't we to the instant scroll we get distracted yeah. so I have mine set like 5 o'clock it, it goes off it locks mm -hmm. out a lot of stuff and then it'll give me more time but I only get 20 minutes of social media a day mm -hmm. um, not because I think social media is bad I think as humans, mm. we've just got a thirst for knowledge. Mm. We just, we're just we inquisitive that way. I think we've got a search for knowledge, but then also, like you say, we just social. I don't know what it is about social, not just social media. You know, for me, I'm a eBay addict. <laughs> oh, I'll be looking at you know, what can I buy, and I don't even need anything. I just look at it all the time. Mm. Um, and it, you know, m my wife's constantly saying, you know, 
look at me when you talk to me, not your phone. And, uh, you know, I'm conscious of that. And um, I think, uh, you know, like you say, with social media, especially as a dad, for me, it's just that I'm trying to educate my kids that, you know, you've got to be conscious of what you post because it can come back and bite you as well, yeah. even yep. if it's innocent, you know. Um, and, and also the way someone writes something could be read very differently. So you, you interpret know. it and how exactly, your mood yeah. is at the time. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, I, I don't think the problem's going away. I think more needs to be done. Um, but it all starts with us. And I think, you know, but back to your point there, um, I always remember this conversation with him. Um, I could see it was consuming him, was this whole social media. Um, and we always talk about, um, at the Man Club, we have a vision about, the vision is that we're there for that one man. Mm. So like, my goal of the Man Club is that, you know, people say it's great that we have 66 people there. I think that's not great. Mm. Um, I don't want anyone there. That's the end goal. But the flip side of it, if we can have loads of fun while we do meet up there and mm. we can support each other and we can at least, you know, start a conversation saying that more needs to be done in the city, that's all, that's that's the journey we're on. But I think the, the situation you was on, you know, and this is what we did, I took his phone off him, set all these um, restrictions up and put a passcode in that we both don't know. So we mm. can't even turn it off if we want to, like I've got on that. Yeah. But at the time, right, and it's funny this, Paul, um, you was not happy when I did that to you, was you? No. No, um, but now, um, my phone goes off. Uh, I think it's eight o'clock on a night. No, half past eight on a night. Mm. My phone just goes off. And to be fair, me and my wife have sat. We talk. We watch telly more. Mm. Um, we have conversations more. And we've, even though we put a film on, we might be talking through the film, but we're spending time. We're, mm. we're in the present and we're present with each other. It's a collaborative effort, isn't it? Yes. You, you, it's an experience you're having together. Rather exactly. Than just looking at a phone individually. And, and it got to a point when I was still working uh, for my last company, I used to start work at four in the morning and finish up one in the afternoon. And we made the conscious effort of when I came home from work, say, half past one, two o'clock, we'd put our phones in the kitchen and we'd have a cup of tea and a chat before we do anything. All right, I'd go and get a shower because I smell a fish. <laughs> she wouldn't let me sit on the couch <laughs> if I stunk a fish. But I got I got a I got a shower, come down, and we'd have a cup of tea before we did anything, and then we'd start again because that was just us having a conversation. Because um, you see now, do you know I, what disturbs me? You see all these pictures on Facebook of this people going out for meals, and there's eight people sat on the table and they're all sat looking at the phone. They're not talking. But I think I think we're going to see a change in this, you know, yeah. in terms of mm. we're going to see, you know, us talking about it now, it's being conscious because we all get sucked in. Um, and, and we're going to see, there's already technology available. Now we, you know, my business partners at um, OCD on technology, Scott, you know, um, we've got a solution in our house that um, filters all the YouTube and filters everything they're watching. Mm. But it, the kids have um, profiles and, and basically they get time limits on different applications. Yeah. So they're only allowed. I love. I like them watching YouTube, but mm. I like them to their own work and other stuff. So they only get um, one hour's YouTube a day. Mm. They only get one hour's Netflix a day. Um, but the way he has it set up, they have to do their education and their own work pieces mm. first. So we've got devices that are connected. Um, but the other side of it, when I look at it, I'm in tech, so I, I get it. Um, I think we need to do more at a grassroots level for parents because if we don't start educating them now. Um, we're going to be paying for it in in the future, I think. Um, and I think that's more more needs on there. But I'm going to jump on to the next question. I got the question order wrong, didn't I? But we're not going to say question orders, are we? Paul? No. Um, but next question, I like this one. What is a favourite quote or saying that if you could share with everyone in the world, what is it and why? 
Um, it's probably something my grand used to say to me, which was uh, kiss, K-I-S-S, um, keep it simple, stupid, you know. And obviously stupid is an offensive word, but it's not meant to obviously come across like that. It's basically, you know, don't take everything, don't complicate things. Uh, I always remember her saying that, you know, um, keep it simple, stupid, um, because that's a good, for me, that's something I'll sort of try and live by. And if you keep it simple, it don't get complex, it don't get com confusing, um, you know, um, and it's easier to, easier to, it's an easy guide for life for me. So, yeah, kiss. It, it, yeah. The, challenge, the challenge is in that, though, and, you, and you'll know. Yeah. Simple is not bloody easy, though, is it? That, yeah. that is the challenge. And we, we talk about it. It's not, you know, anything we do, like you, you're going and getting a new career and doing what you're doing, it's very simple, the next steps you need to take. But getting your mind around that and doing it, you know, the way we do at the man club, coming and talking about your emotions and, and being real and being raw and, and talking about your emotions, very simple um, to do, very hard to do. Mm. Um so, yeah, I love that. Great. I Keep guess it, it helps you think, though, you know, if, if you've got something pressing, this could be personally at work, could be getting your kids to football practice on a Saturday morning, it could be anything. Um, you know, it's um, it's just how do you keep, what's the simplest solution to your problem, you know? Uh, and there isn't always one. But if you try and think like that, then it might help you at some point, yeah. You know? I think, I think it's in, it's in on what you've just said. Over the last few months, um, the pig I've been wrestling is probably trying to keep it simple. And I probably do overcomplicate and overthink everything yeah. and get frightened about everything. Uh, the next stage in my career, um, the teaching course I've done, the uh, mental health tutor course that I did beforehand, absolutely petrified. Maybe some of the nerves are good because it keeps you focused and it keeps you um, top of your game. But every time I do something, like we go, I go out and public speak, absolutely just keep it simple because mm. overthinking and overcomplicating it is it gives me anxiety that I don't need. No, I, I love keep it keep it simple. It's, it's just so. But as humans, though, um, I think yeah. it, this is the challenge because we, we've got access to so much information, so much tech. We can do so some complex things. We do make things complicated, don't we? I, I'm guilty of it all the time, and mm. trying to keep things simple is. I think it's one of the one of the best skills you need to. You need we need to invent in it. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to nick that one this week. I'm going to I'm going to have that on top of my, my list. You're, you're welcome. Um, in the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life? I, I really like this question, Paul. There's always bits of gold in this one. Mm. You, you can see the cogs turning, can't you? Yeah. yeah the, the going I can feel them turning yeah, myself, yeah. Um, I, f I think for me, is a, it's a good question. That. It's a hard one to answer in many ways because it's like, I guess habit is, I'm a creature of habit anyway, so I do things repetitively and, uh, you know, I have to be convinced it's another way, an alternative way of doing something is a good thing. Um, but for me, it's, um, I guess, is belief that, for me, the belief I always look at for anything I'm doing is it's, you know, th things that always get better if they're bad. Um, and then also, if they're great, you know, it's like, how do you continue the success? Or from a well-being perspective, how do you keep, you know, what's making me feel good? And I want a bit more of that. So for me, and probably more of the last 10 years, uh, being, a fa being a father to two kids, you know, there's no better feel uh, good how, how old are the children? Six and 12. Oh, so yeah. Same as mine. Same as yours. Nine. Little but, but kids keep you on your toes, don't they? 
uh, and you talk about habit and beliefs. So habit is being a parent, and, and, and belief is that you want to be, you believe you want to be the best parent you can be, uh, and obviously your kids are your priority and your number one. Um, so then that comes to your work life and things like that. So you obviously you work to support your family, don't you? Uh, if you've not got kids, you work to support your income and yourself and your your, your hobbies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so yeah, for me, having a family formed a habit because it was something I I couldn't. You know, habit is something that you do a, a lot of, isn't it? So, being a parent is something you'll always do. Oh, being a parent, I mean, it doesn't get any easier as they get older, believe me. Man are old in the 20s and 30s and uh, don't get any easier. But when my when my lads were younger, I used to football uh, early Sunday morning, rugby, Sunday dinner, and we used to be flying all over on a Sunday morning with the lads playing sport. And I miss it now. I miss it. Mm. I, um, I just say to you to enjoy it while they're that age because it just flies and. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I just wish I could get them years back, but I'll get that. With, I get that with my grandkids. Bobby, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, last night, um, I come up to bed and Blake, um, he's seven next month. He's Blake, and um, he'd sneaked into it. Uh, um, his my wife was having a, a migraine, so she'd gone to bed early, and anyway, I'd, I'd come off about I don't know about ten o'clock. And I goes in, and he's in the bed. He's in there, and he's got he's got a, a towel, a, a flannel, a wet flannel uh, on on my wife's head, and he's looking after her. And he's like, "Dad, can I just stay in here tonight?" And I was like, "My head went because it's always a nightmare when he's in the bed." And we, we're normally really strict. Yeah. And I, I remember being having this conversation at the weekend. I thought there's going to be a day where he won't want to cuddle his dad in bed. Oh, 100%. Uh, so yeah. I thought, yeah, of course you can. And um, we was watching. Once Zoe fell asleep with. Um, I brought the uh, the iPad in and was watching Netflix in bed with me and him, <laughs> so until late. But it's moments like that in it where I think um, I neither thought you were a legend. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's <laughs> it's what I what I've learned with the kids. And this was me. I was in in construction for many years. We know working all over the world, and, that, and it was just that moment. You know, when, when I lost my dad, it just gave me a bit of a, a, a reality check about where I'm going in life. And for me, what changed it for me was I changed industries and careers. So I could be around the kids um, because that's what's important in it. Mm, Focus on what matters, and it, it, what what drives me. You know, when you when you mention that about the children, is um, just learning to be present with them. Um, and, and the the biggest thing for me, what they give me, I, I was I was speaking to one this the other week, is it allows me to um, reconnect with my own inner child. Mm. So you know, this weekend we Nerf was guns. yeah, the, the weekend just gone. We was playing um, Laser Quest, and. You know, if you've met well, you've met my wife, anyway, you? Yeah, uh, at some of the events, she's a massive introvert, right? And if I'd have said to her, "We're going to go play Laser Quest," she'd be like, "No way." Um, but we went and played Laser Quest against um, five goths, against and me and my, um, you know, me, Evie, and Blake and Zoe. And Zoe was awesome in there. She was absolutely awesome, and we had a family day out of playing Laser Quest, um, and just having a giggle and just being kids again. And I think mm-hmm. that I think we sometimes miss that when we get wrapped up in our fancy titles our fancy jobs and all the rest of it we, we forget that actually life's about teaching others and having fun in it mm. there's nothing better than going down the zip wire or going on the swing and that's a thing that's, that you get the nostalgia but then you, it's there's something fun about it isn't there but what about uh, paul when we roll it forward picking them up and uh, what? <laughs> yeah uh, oh well yeah picking them up when they're drunk around town and um i i usually turn around and go um I am picking him up. I'm not picking him up. Then the wife will go, 
yeah, but what if I, what happens to them while they're out? Right, tell them yeah. I'm on my way. Tell them, but uh, going back, I had a few months ago, we had a, I had my granddaughter and my grandson. And I just thought, kids don't need a lot of money spending on them. They just need your time. So we took them onto the local park and we all had a piece of wood each as guns. I was diving in the bushes and my wife was filming. My wife went, I didn't know who was the kid. The two kids watching you dive into a bush. Mm. But they had a fantastic afternoon. They went home to the parents because I don't mind that. I don't mind having them for a few hours and then giving them back. Mm. And um, the parents said, oh, there was straight in bed, good as gold. It's they just want a bit of time, don't they? Bit of time running about in the fresh air. Going back to kids then, um, yeah. another question for you. So, roll back then. So, you were 18. Mm. Um, what advice, first of all, would you give to yourself? You know, so, what one piece of advice would you give to yourself at 18? And also, what one piece of advice would you give to yourself that you should, get, should ignore? Um, I think at 18 is, when you're 18, you're a young teenager... You know, you're not sure if you're still a kid or an adult, are you? Um, and you like to probably think you're an adult, and you you've got your wildy ways about you. You know, you you you're at full height and blah 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 and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you, you you're not very wise. <laughs> so if I could give myself some advice to an 18 year old, is with age becomes wisdom. You know, and I don't care who. In my opinion, you know, obviously you can have very wise younger people, but life stories uh, and events that happen through your life create for me wisdom and you you learn off it don't you so from an 18 year old's perspective i'd say prepare for failure because it'll come and then my uh, um, and then what you should ignore is don't you know when you do fail don't give up simple as i like that um we all have times when we feel bent out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed, and what do you do? If helpful, what questions do you ask yourself? It's a good, tough question again, this one, isn't it? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot here today, lads. Um, I think um, <laughs> for me, it's, uh, it's what we do best. When you're burnt out, you know, you obviously, if you're burnt out, you need to ask yourself why you're burnt out and what do I need to do to, because you've got to consider your well being, your, your own physical health. You know, if you're burnt out, you, that probably tells me that you're. There's probably something physically wrong with you, or, um, or, or potentially that could be, you know, something that might happen, um, and you know, no one needs that. Unfocused again. That's all around your choices you make, and what do you want out of whatever you're trying to focus on? Uh, it could be if you're young, you don't know where you want to go from a career perspective. You need to question yourself: What do I enjoy? So if I enjoy that, it from a potential work opportunity, you know, if you know. What, how can I align that with something that I enjoy? So if you're an active person, you like being outdoors, you might choose to, I don't know, be a, a police officer or, um, you know, someone in the fire service. Or if you're quite an introvert, you might choose to be something where you're doing, you know, an admin role or, you know, sort of data clerk or, you know, any, anything like that. So for me, it's a, when you're burnt out on focus, you just got to reflect on yourself, haven't you, and think, why am I burnt out? And actually say you need to reach out to people and ask for some support. Because if you are burnt out and unfocused and you've got no idea and you're overwhelmed, you're never going to deal with all that yourself. It's just going to become more of a burden, isn't it? So for me, it'd be a question of, you know, I need to lean on someone. For me, I always had people in my life, um, obviously family, um, you know, like you, Leon, you know, I lost my dad when I was young and 
um, my granddad actually when I was a bit older. So um, I always had my uncle in my life who was a, a real good confidant. I could talk to him about anything. He was the most positive person you'd ever meet in your life. I mean, he had countless energy and time for anyone. Just one of them, one of them fountains of no, no matter what problem you went, you had. You go He'd there, an yeah, and that was that, that's what I miss with my dad. I'd I'd go there, and you, back to your point, you know, keep something simple. Sometimes they wouldn't actually fix the problem, but I'd go out there feeling like I could, I could, yeah, I could yeah. take on the world again. He'd always make me realise that if whatever you think is the worst case scenario, it, 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 if it's at the worst, one, it won't get any worse, it'll only get better. Uh, and or they'd say, you've been ridiculous, stop worrying about this silly thing. There's far more worse things going on in uh, you know, other aspects. It could be someone else's life or an, an event that's happened in the world. There's always someone worse off, isn't there? But in your mind, you're you're the one that's really de- you know dealing with it, and I guess that comes down to how you cope with m- you know triggers and how we how we uh, understand our own mental health, and you know it's all about talking, isn't it? And having someone there to support you. So for me, my uncle especially, you know, he was he was just funny as well, you know. But he wouldn't judge anyone. You could be a billionaire, or you could be someone you know living you know in a, the worst situation or in the worst situation. He would not think he was better than anyone else at all you know he uh, never in a million years and actually sometimes we need to forget ourselves don't we and people fill themselves with their own self-importance or um, they hold themselves in a high regard because of you know material things or blah 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 and actually for me that's not important we just touched on spending time with the kids and actually the memories are more important they you know the the PlayStation they got for Christmas in 1995 or whatever, you know, that you forget those things. Your memories and being with your family, you don't forget, do you? So yeah. Experiences, that's all that matters, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, who's doing this one? Me or you? I'll do this one. Go on. Who in the world would you like to interview, past or present, and why? Um... I think I'd like to interview... Barack Obama, yeah, because he, uh, if, uh, if you've ever watched him speak, but he always like makes you feel good after you've watched him. He could be talking about, you know, a, a box of dust, and somehow he'd make it interesting, you know, for, for me anyway, you know, and obviously people have their own opinions, but um, I'd love to interview him and just understand, you know, what he did to get where he, he was and, uh, you know, what it was like to be a world leader and what the pressures felt like, you know, because none of the, no ex-prime ministers or presidents that I've ever seen interviews with have really told you what it really feels like. Mm. You know, imagine having the, the power that the, the, the leader of the free world has, you know, Ameri- you know, the United States president, the most quote-unquote powerful nation in the world. It's, I'd love to interview the pr- yeah, President Obama, yeah. yeah. I, think I, I think leaders like that are, are incredible. Um can't believe we've got through an hour um, already um, and it could go on forever. It's been yeah. awesome. Um, it's been real good. Yeah, and just be, just before we sort of wrap up, I always like this one, is, is there anything else um, we should have asked you but we didn't? Yeah, you mentioned I supported Arsenal but you didn't ask me why. <laughs> but there's no point, is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got jokes. <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> go on, go on, tell us. It doesn't matter now. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Don't let him upset you. He upsets me every day. Well, it's hard to answer why I'd be an Arsenal fan right at this moment, or certainly over the last couple of seasons, because we've been yeah. dire. Um, but for me, it was around having role models. And so my role model was Ian Wright. 
um, you know, just I loved his personality. He's a legend, I like him, right? Yeah, but I didn't even watch him as a footballer when I was younger. I just always saw him on interviews and thought he was hilarious and he was just always full of energy and a nice guy. And then when I started watching football, I followed him, like, just, you know, because I thought he was a cool guy. Like, people, like, probably supported Spurs because Gaza played for him and, you know... um, Man United because they're like David Beckham or whatever you know but for me um, yeah Ian Wright and then we had the legend of Dennis Bergkamp around the same yeah. time and I always remember um, Bergkamp's goal one of the greatest goals where it comes over and he, he pivot I think in Newcastle one of my favourite goals I've ever seen him score oh, um, God, yeah. he was a legend he was Bergkamp was a legend Bergkamp. Sean still got his Dennis Bergkamp picture on his headboard <laughs> <laughs> his brother <laughs> oh, yeah my brother Sean do you, do you see the documentary um, there's a documentary with um, Ian Wright and I always forget one of his first coaches I think it was I forget his name mm. just about the mindset Ian Wright had um, because it was quite an incredible journey Ian Wright had wasn't it to yeah, come yeah. he started late I think um, you know like 22 his professional career and um, I think it, I'm not, I, my, my memory takes back it might be Crystal Palace or West Ham it was certainly one of the London clubs Crystal Palace Crystal Palace yeah, yeah. Uh, he started his career there but he started late I think he played like Sunday League probably a bit like Jamie Vardy coming up the ranks you know later in his career uh, and I love that because um, it just shows that you can do something later on in your, your, your career as well. You know, look at Jamie Vardy, he's been, you know, he's a Premier League winner. Do you think two years before that, when he was in Division Two, he thought he was going to be in a Premier League winning t- side and a team that's, you know, second behind Liverpool this year? Um, and he's one of, the, I think he's a top goal scorer at the yep. moment, you know, 17 goals or something this season, which is insane. And, uh, you know, you know, again, there'll be kids now that will support that Leicester team because of Jamie Vardy mm-hmm. uh, and then they'll stay with Leicester and it doesn't matter what I love about football is you can support a team no matter where you're from so you know people say to me oh, you're a northerner why do you support Arsenal because of because of a role model that I that I looked up to when I was younger and I, was, and I thought I was Ian Wright when I was playing football or I was Bergkamp or you know um, you know um, you know any player really that, that that was good at the time. You know Vieira, uh, Thierry Henry. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you know Georgie Graham when he handed over to Wenger, it was like a pivotal moment for Arsenal. So I, yeah, I started supporting Arsenal as a young fan, probably just at the right time. And um, you know, um, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, you get these programs um, like what Ian Wright's just been on in the jungle, mm. where I'm not really keen on programs such as that, but. I watched that one because of it, Ian Wright. I like Ian Wright. And just listening to I him. I didn't know he was a fan of Wright. Ian Wright? I didn't know. I like Ian Wright, yeah. Really? I like Ian Wright. Look, look he's uncovered right. right? No, yeah. I just like Ian Wright. I d- I'm a Liverpool fan. I d- All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And um, a bit left just, there, just, <laughs> just, watching, just listening to him talk about his life. I love listening yeah. to people like Ian Wright or Phil, or Harry... Harry Redknapp or people like that who mm. you listen to their stories I find it fascinating yeah but that's wisdom again isn't it what we were talking yeah, about earlier wisdom, look at, yeah wisdom yeah look at um, um, Harry Redknapp he was brilliant on that show because oh. he's just like everyone's father figure wasn't he but he had these po- his anecdotes and his stories his football anecdotes are brilliant anyway I used to watch him on like the you know the, the football shows on the weekend and uh, um, you know Soccer AM and stuff like that and he's uh, he's brilliant but then to watch him on that show and everyone connected with him, didn't they? The nation got behind him uh, and he liked his roly-poly and it was like, yeah. you know, that's, that, you can relate to people like that in your own family, can't you? Well, of course you can. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, uh, the, I think the, the thing I, you touched on there, though, I think that's what the world's great at. You know, there's always someone who's, uh, who's done something that you can aspire to do mm-hmm. and inspire that change. And I think... Um, 
as people, we do some pretty amazing things. But the interesting, I always find interesting that um, is we have got the ability to do anything we want. Mm. We set our mind to, but the we just don't do it. That's I see some stuff online that people do, and I think, how have they done that? And it doesn't. I don't, I'm not in the, talking in the business world or the fine or whatever you know sort of industry you're working. I'm on about just personally and so the way people overcome certain objections. I watched something online the other day and some guy was balancing on these beams and I just thought, and you watch stuff like Britain's Got Talent, don't you? And you see yep. people standing on their heads and then putting a, a bar in the mouth and then balancing on that and having the equivalent of two people's body weight, off the, I think it was off the neck. And you just think, what inspires someone to go and do something as outrageous as that really? And it just shows that everyone, we can do so many things that you just don't think people can do, do you? And it, and it comes down, I always think it always comes down to one of the famous things my my dad used to always say to me, and I have it ringing in my ears um, in anything I do, is um, if any, any if another man can do it, so can you. Yeah. Um, you, you just got to figure a way out to do it, you know. Um, and he used to always instill belief in me. Um, a bit like you did, Paul. You know, Paul's my first ever rugby coach. Um, we had a team of misfits, um, and we achieved things as a team that we should not have achieved. But mm. Paul used to tell us always a brick in a wall. He used to have these antidotes for us, and he used to say these certain things to make us believe in ourselves. But because we was young, we knew no different, so mm. we was fearless. And I think um, we was talking about a little phrase we, we'd coined, weren't we, Paul? What was the, what was the phrase? Um, Skill set without the mindset will leave you upset. I like that, yeah. Right, yeah. Don't we? Yeah. And I think, and I think the the biggest challenge, like we was we was chatting about this me and Paul, because I've pushed him a little bit, you know, on this new career, wants to go down the route of. Um, said if you believe you can do it, we've got the resource, we've got the tech, we can we can sort it. Um, and really pushed on the old mindset and skill sets mm. out of it. But I think the these are these are massive. It's just down to that belief in it, you know, believing that, that we can do things in it. Yeah. And having people behind you that'll support you. Uh, you know, with what you're wanting to achieve. And like I say, over the last few months since I got made redundant, the people that's come and supported me and helped me um, over the last, in, in my journey over the last few months has been absolutely unreal. And nobody, everybody's done it for nothing. They've never wanted anything in return and they're, they're really open to give the time, time to me. And it, it's fantastic the way... You only have to ask for help and support's there. And I've found it amazing over the last few months, yeah. Yeah, and you see, you read so much words, don't you, in the in media, um, uh, things that happen in the world that are tragic and yes. upsetting. It makes you think the world's not a great place. But actually, you know, something like Andy Man Andy's Man Club, for example, it's like people getting together and listening to each other talking. And it's nice to know you've got someone to support and it lean on, isn't it? I, isn't think it? I think the big thing you mentioned, yeah. and, and, you know, You'll see it in the, the work you're doing with, you know, in the business side, uh, us and you'll do so, you know, doing some of the community, you know, even off air, we was mentioning about the ladies' club and there's potential about connecting and, and helping different, you know, different avenues. And I think for me, massively in these last three years, in terms of being involved in Andy's Man Club locally and on a national level, um, I, that comment I've got ringing me is what you just mentioned there. Crap news sells, unfortunately. Negative news sells. That's just mm. the way the world is at the moment, isn't it, unfortunately? Um, but community spirit, um, we see it in abundance. Yeah, you, do. you just got to scratch the surface and, it, mm. and it's there to see. Um, it, it's phenomenal out there, isn't it? And, and to be fair, um, if it hadn't been for Andy's Man Club and the charity work that we do, we wouldn't have seen half of it. Um, mm. The people who come out there and go out their way to raise money for Andy's Man Club and raise the awareness of Andy's Man Club and the things they do, 
it's been absolutely fantastic in the last two years and um, we've been involved in it the community out there are absolutely fantastic and like you said sometimes we hear a lot of bad press about maybe young kids or d d about society in general but it's been awesome the young people we've been involved with and the communities that we've been involved with it's it's just brilliant mm. and I think it's a, make I, continue. I, I think we're in a real exciting time for yeah. our region though you know especially you know we're getting the connectivity sorted now aren't we mm. um, I was having this conversation with my mother um, she was saying you know, at times town doesn't look great what's going out there but there's loads of cool stuff happening mm. in there and I think it's a real exciting time um, for this region so on that it's been a, a, an awesome podcast um, we're going to have to get him back in so well, um, so that's Leon checking out. Paul checking out. I'm checking out. Thank you very much. Thank you.